it hurts my eye And something without warning love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's all right with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be Good morning. This is State of the Arts NYC, and this is your host, Savannah Bailey McLean. And today we have with us a very accomplished filmmaker. We have Sophie Uber, yes, who is a Swiss filmmaker, and we're going to be talking about jazz today. I love jazz. And uh, with Sophie, she's here because she's promoting, and this is with Mira Films, in association with Eagle Rock Entertainment, a new documentary, Blue Note Records, Beyond the Notes. And this is her second documentary. And uh, we're going to talk about this new production and what we should all anticipate hoping to run down to the movie theaters and to see this production. So I just want to thank you, Sophie, for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So um, I know that you've done other films before, uh, one in particular, the Harry Dean Stanton film, partly fiction, and that was presented at the 2012 Venice Film Festival. So tell us, what made you decide to do this particular film? So the film about Blue Note basically came out of the Harry Dean film. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a record label to put out a soundtrack. Ah. And uh, because he's singing in the film, he mm-hmm. didn't want to speak, so he ended up singing. And um, I was introduced, a friend of mine introduced me to Don Was, okay. who is now the president of, of Blue Note. Yeah. And he really loved the film. But he couldn't, you know, include it in, in the Blue Notes catalogue. It's just a very different style of music. Okay. But he ended up playing bass on the on the soundtrack album. Oh. And, and we put it out on a different label. How wonderful. How wonderful. Okay. You know, different, um, you know, different things happen for a reason. So that's really kind of cool. Yeah. So, all right. So that's what brought you to Don Ross. And then I guess... Did he make the suggestion on doing the, f- the production? Well, around that time, you know, I was looking for a new documentary subject and, and we were talking, he knows Chris Christopherson, who was somebody, you know, I, okay. w- I wanted to do a documentary on or Dolly Parton, etc. Mm-hmm. We just talked uh, about a lot of people that I was interested in. And then at around the same time, he was approached by the BBC. Okay. For who wanted to do a film for the 75th anniversary. Ah, so, so now we're five years later, and it's the 80th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, he suggested me as a director, but then I did it independently, you know, raising money in in Switzerland through federal film funds, and um, and that takes a while. Yeah, that takes a long long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that motivated you to do the subject of Blue Note. Celebrating their 75th anniversary. I mean, they're legendary, uh, Blue Note. 
Um, they have recorded so many famous luminaries, Sonny Rollins, John Coltrane, Art Blakely, Miles Davis, naturally. And uh, so I think with this production, you were trying to do something different, uh, kind of veering away from uh, the roots of jazz, which, you know, starts with those work songs and field hollers and dovetail into blues and ragtime into something more modern, correct? Yeah, so the, you know, the idea was that I'm making a film about Blue Note, which started in 1939 mm -hmm. and was founded by two German-Jewish immigrants. And um, so I wanted to cover these last 80 years. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to tell it from today's point of view okay. and through today's artists looking looking back and while I was researching you know the artists and what what they do and have done some of the younger artists like Robert Glasper and Ambrose Akin Muziri played on uh, Kendrick Lamar's album To yeah. Pimp a Butterfly yeah so then I thought that would be very interesting to actually show in in and take that example of you know how jazz has always been shifting and and, and yes. changing, and to show what's happening right now. So that just seemed like a, yeah interesting connection. Okay, because jazz history, musically, has always been about syncopation. It's always been about the blend, and so I at first I wasn't sure which direction the documentary was going to go into, and I did look at. Uh, portions of it. I love the sound of the documentary, the music behind it. It has this sort of mellow, laid-back sort of um, mood to it. Uh, very cool, you know, something that uh, folks refer to when it comes to Miles Davis. And um, so now I understand that you want to kind of push it forward with these young artists. Tell us about some of these young artists that you uh, were focusing on in your documentary? So I knew that um, Blue Note would record an all-stars album mm -hmm. with featuring the, the younger artist, which is Robert Glasper, mm -hmm. who, who's an amazing pianist and, you know, composer, artist. Uh, Ambrose Akimuziri, an amazing trumpeter. Kendrick Scott, drummer. Mm -hmm. Marcus Strickland, saxophone. Lionel Lueke, guitar. Derek Hodge, bass. Okay. And they're all, they all, you know, have their own albums on, on Blue Note and are all amazing artists on their own. Mm -hmm. But then them coming together is yet the whole other thing. Yeah. So we filmed that session and I was doing some research and saw that um, Herbie Hancock and Wayne Shorter were yes. playing not far away around the same time in, in L.A. Okay. So I asked Don Wars if he would invite them to the to the session. Oh wow! And so then they came, and that was the second day, where they played together with the younger guys. How was that like? I mean, that must have been amazing. That, that, yeah, it, it it was really magical. I mean, not you know for everyone in the room, it was kind of electric. Just getting, you know, obviously these you know Herbie Hancock and Wayne Shorter are like gods to, yeah. to you know to the younger <laughs> musicians yeah but when they played it was just 
it was just the most amazing thing, you know. It must have been spiritual. It it was. It really it really was. And uh, you know, some of the artists tell me now that, that that was one of their most amazing sort of experiences playing music with, with Herbie and Wayne. Ah. Uh, I can only imagine myself because I've seen like um, he, uh, Herbie Hancock perform where he just closes his eyes and he's just like in a, his own world and you know you're with him on this journey so it must have been quite magical to be in the presence of you know such a, a master yeah and it's interesting you know in the film we show that session and and also what happens in the playback when they listen to the to the recording mm-hmm. and you hear the thoughts of you know the especially the younger musicians and for example Kendrick Scott the mm-hmm. the drummer saying that you know he wanted to leave the leadership to Herbie mm-hmm. but then Herbie wants him to add and you know take charge and do whatever he wants to do in the moment so right, right. that is just this it's just a one of the most collaborative art forms there is, I think. Yeah, w- with a lot of generosity involved where everyone takes their turn and listens intently to each yeah. other. And um, yeah, and there's, there's huge like lessons for life in mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. just to l- really listen, really being in the moment, taking in what the other person is doing, responding to that. And it's so different because our world today is so fast-paced. And it's all about me. (laughs) So to have a session where everybody is thinking about everyone else, that must have felt really, really good. You know, the, the, the moment of everyone sharing, which is so different. And I'm glad it was this blend of young performers with these masters where they could feel that love of the music and they can enjoy it and also contribute to it as well. Yeah, exactly. That, that Yeah, Kendrick again says a beautiful thing about, you know, you're an individual and at the same time you serve the, the whole. Mm-hmm. You know. That's that's wonderful. And then what I also liked about your documentary were all those photographs. You had a lot of photographs of a lot of mostly black and white photographs of a lot of, you know, musicians of the past. But they were like action shots. They weren't stagnant. You felt a rhythm even in looking at those still photographs. And I guess that was also something that you wanted to convey to those who were watching your documentary? Yeah, I mean, we had access to these photographs. They were all taken by one of the founders of, of Blue Note, Frank Wolf, mm. who um, was a photographer when they first started the, the label. And um, and he basically shot every recording session, you know, from the 40s to the late 60s. <laughs> I like that because people don't understand when you start a business, it's your baby. And so, therefore, to know that he cared so much about his baby that he took all those photographs, I mean, that's really yeah. quite, quite wonderful. Yeah, and, you know, they, they were the basis of these amazing covers, you know, mm-hmm. the cover art, and to just really f- featuring 
these musicians and treat them as, as stars, you know. Yeah. Okay. Also uh, visually. So in addition to that, what other aspects of that documentary you want us to pay close attention to? I know you had several interviews, the sessions. Were there other aspects that you wanted people to, you know, remember when they look at your, your film? Yeah, I think, yeah, apart from what we already talked about, you know, mm -hmm. the, the younger guys and the, the live current day sessions. Also, you know, looking at Thelonious Monk, mm. who, Blue Note, they were the first label to, to record him, to record him. Nobody else wanted to record him. And they did so until they almost were, you know, broke. Mm. But they just believed in him and, and loved his music. And um, that, you know, it makes you think about who do you want to be as an artist? Right. Like, is it about the money or is it about, as Wayne Shorter says, creating value? You know, that, that is, a, is a different form than, than monetary. I met his wife <coughs> several years ago and, you know, had an opportunity to just talk with her. It was, um, I was doing an exhibition of a fan of theirs who had all of these wonderful photographs of Thelonious Monk. And so we presented them uptown and uh, it was great to hear her talk about not just the photographs, but the times in which he was producing all of that wonderful music. But you're right. When you talk about artists, I find that a real artist can't live without making art. Those who are just in it for making the money, they're not artists. You know, They're just hustling it. But those who really care about the art, we, we all got to make money. We all got to survive. But it's not about that. It's, it's real pure for them. They really need to engage in that art form. Yeah. So... Uh, I hear what you're saying. And you feel it, you know, it's, yeah. it's palpable. Yeah, and um, like I said, stemming from the roots of jazz, it was all about that. It was about emotion, and and it still is America's, one of America's authentic musical forms, and we don't sometimes give it the reverence that it deserves. Is that another mm -hmm. thing that you're trying to do with your documentary, get those who watch it, particularly Americans, because I find outside of the U.S., folks love jazz. They have captured it. They've embraced it. They've added their culture to it. But still in America, we still struggle with understanding, mm -hmm. you know, jazz. Yeah, you know, ironically, it's been quite challenging to dis find distribution for the film mm -hmm. here, especially theatrical distribution. Mm -hmm. So basically, we're doing this on our own. That's mm -hmm. why we need all of you to come actually to come see the film in the cinema right because it's also so much more powerful to yeah. see it on the big screen and hear the full sound to really feel feel it feel all these things that we talk about um the film has been funded 70 percent is is european money okay. actually 100 percent is european money there's not one dollar in this film um so also, if you look at all the archival footage, right. you know, this, this is, except for one monk concert, it's all mm -hmm. European television stations, you know, in the 50s, 60s, who recorded those artists, where mm -hmm. here, you know, people didn't seem to 
care that much to actually have a, a record. It's so sad. <clears throat> it really is sad because, you know, jazz has, you can hear when you listen to jazz, different elements, you know, that blues, uh, that old-fashioned piano thumping for those who play piano, uh, the call and response that's, you know, just pivotal to jazz, blues, ragtime, and yet there is this lack of respect because if you look at different kinds of music, folk music as well as country music in this country, it got elements of that too. And country music is like the number one music form in the United States. And I'm just like, still, I, I don't get it. Why folks mm -hmm. cannot understand the 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 mastery uh, that goes into to jazz. Um, it's so sad to hear. And I, I'm encouraging everyone to go check out your film. In fact, tell us when is it going to be shown and where so we can let people know and encourage them to come out because we'll do that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the, the film opens this Friday, June 14th, at the Metrograph in, in New York City. It's on uh, Ludlow Street. Okay, in the Lower East Side. Yes, and it will play there for at least two weeks. Oh, great. If you all want to go this weekend, that's even better. Yes, I know. First <laughs> night is always <laughs> the most important night. Because then there's a chance that they'll extend the run. And then it will open in Los Angeles on uh, June 28th. Okay. Okay. So, uh, again, it opens this Friday night in the Lower East Side at the Metrograph. Yes. And uh, is there, um, I guess there's an entrance fee as well? Yeah. Okay. I mean. Modest, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's $15. Okay, that's normal. But, um, yeah, considering that the Swiss taxpayer paid for this <laughs> film, <laughs> I think the, the Americans can at least afford a ticket yes. to go celebrate I, their own culture. I think so. I think so. But I, I'm glad that uh, we caught you before the, the film release uh, and therefore we can encourage as many people to come out as as possible. Uh, is there anything else you wanted us to kind of talk about when it came to uh, making this film? How did you feel at the end? Were you like exhausted or were you satisfied? Well, the question is what is the end? You know like <laughs> uh, I've, I've been working on it now for almost uh, five years, just, you know, including finding the financing. We've been on a festival run for a, for a full year. Okay. The film uh, premiered in Tribeca last year. So okay. we've been to 50 festivals and the film came out in England and Canada. So, you know, and, and, and now we're bringing it out here. So it's not finished yet. Okay. Um, in, in my work, really. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, I, I just hope that it will reach also a younger audience because what I've been experiencing is that, you know, young people come to me and say that they now start to listen to Coltrane. Ah. They start to understand where hip-hop is coming from. Okay. But then all the people also say, hmm, now I, I start liking hip-hop a little more or listen to it differently. Okay, that's fair. That's fair, because I was having uh, th those issues, too, but now I'm, I'm getting where you're going. And when you mentioned Kendrick Lamar to me, that said it all, because what he did with 
the music for Black Panther just blew everything off the map. And you heard all of those different elements in it. And he's kind of a bit of a genius. And so, yeah, I see where you're going with this. This is really cool. You're bridging generations together. Well, I just want to say it was such a pleasure having you here. It was a nice conversation. I agree. Just like your film, it has that ease to it, that cool factor <laughs> to it. I listen to jazz. I know a lot about jazz. I, I will probably have a lot of people buzzing me afterwards. But it, this was so good and, and fabulous. And again, this film, it's called Blue Note Records, Beyond the Notes. And this is Sophie Huber. This is her second documentary, Swiss filmmaker. And we are so pleased to have her here. So thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. Okay. And we'll see our audience next week. When the day that lies ahead of me.